welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC, The Road Belongs to Us All. My name is Alex Clements and today on the podcast we've got Melbourne Football Club captain Max Gorn, Tour de France stage winner Caleb Ewan and Campbell Flakeman Moore and myself just to chat really about the Tour de France, sprinting, what's going on in the world of cycling uh, and it's a pretty a general conversation just about the sport. And I think Caleb brings some interesting ideas to the table. And by the end of the podcast, Max even converts him into a Melbourne Football Club supporter. A little bit of exciting news before we get into the podcast from our presenting partner, the TAC. They've collaborated with Deakin University and C-Sense to develop a light, which brings in multiple data points, which they hope to use uh, down the track to improve infrastructure, gain insights into how riders can be safer out on the road and work towards that goal of the road belongs to us all and creating a safe environment for everyone. It's a pretty cool trial and if you do want to be involved, they need a thousand Victorian bike riders to participate over 12 months. Over the 12 months, your data will be um, collated from this light um, on all all your commutes or your rides or your bunch rides or however you ride a bike and at the end of the trial, they'll bring all this data back together and hopefully that will help create a safer road environment for us all. If you are interested in that trial, you're a Victorian, you're a cyclist, there's a link in this episode notes. And we also hope to be chatting to the C-Sense team down the track too to get a little bit more insight into how this light has come together. Our friends at MAP are also running a cool activation over the next couple of weeks up until July 25. If you do six hours of activity... Uh, as part of the MAP Strava Club, you'll unlock a MAP voucher for $75. $75 to your name just for doing six hours of work over uh, the period between the 12th of July and the 25th of July. If you want to get involved in that, you can head to MAP's website or MAP's Strava Club and you'll be able to find more information. And just to top it off, if you do complete the six hours, you also go in the draw to win two and a half grand worth of MAP kit. So make sure you head to map.cc to pick yourself up $75 for doing the hard yards out there and also put yourself in the draw to win $2,500. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It is a long one, but if you want an even longer one, you can go to the YouTube channel where there's the full version. But I think it's a, it's a, it's a good chat and it's great to, to touch base with Caleb after a disappointing Tour de France where he crashed down on stage three. Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC, The Road Belongs to Us All. We've got uh, a pretty hot lineup today. Caleb Ewan joins us, uh, multiple Tour de France stage winner. Welcome, Caleb. Thanks for having me. Got uh, the 2014 World Time Trial Champion in Campbell Flakemore joining us as always. Welcome, Cam Boss. Thanks for having me, Alex. Good to be back, actually. You and Max have been driving it, so... uh... And Melbourne Football Club captain Max Gorn. Welcome, Max. Thanks, Alex. Campbell, it's, it's great to have Campbell introduced with his accolades. It just, I think it sets the precedent for what's for, 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 for just a great show. He, um, he put it into his 2021 2022 financial year contract, it was part of the <laughs> intro. <laughs> How's the shoulder, Caleb? It's healing all right, but it was a it was a pretty bad break. I was like, I think it was like in four 
four pieces, like two big pieces. And then I think like the middle part, like pretty much crushed. Um, it was a pretty bad break. Anyway, now I've got a big plate in there holding it all together. But um, other than that, it's pretty good. Like basically from when I had my operation, like I could, I could move my shoulder. Like I can, I'll show you what I can do. Like I can move it pretty good. Like, so considering it was only a week and a half ago, that it was in four pieces that I think, I think it's pretty good. So you crashed and then you ship straight home or where do you go after that? On, well, after stage three? So I crashed, found out it was broken, which I kind of knew when I was on the floor because it was like every time I, well, the medical staff kept pushing on it and it was so painful. Um, and I don't know why like, I told them like, yeah, I think it's broken. Like you don't have to keep touching it. And they just kept touching it. It was so annoying. Anyway, they put me in the ambulance. I went to, went to get an x-ray because they have like an x-ray machine at the store, like after the finish. Went there, the x-rayed it, said, yeah, it's broken. Um, and then I just went back to the hotel. Um, so I didn't go to hospital then. And then we had to kind of make a plan from there, like where I'd go to get the surgery. And the team have, well, I think it's like a, quite a well-known guy in Belgium for fixing colones. So basically we lined it up with him that I would go there to get my surgery. And then the next day I flew to Belgium got my surgery, then the next day flew back home. Were you, um, were you, were you winning that stage, Caleb, you reckon? Um, well, yeah, I was, in like, I was in a good position to win it. Like I was second wheel. Um, so usually I have from earlier covered, but I mean, yeah, I can, yeah, we'll never know, but um, I was definitely, like, I was in the position to win it, yeah. Does it, does it, does it slightly, I mean, I'm sure you're just focused on your shoulder, but does it slightly annoy you seeing, I'm presuming you think you have Cavs number, but Cavs riding unbelievable. Does it annoy you that maybe there could be four stage wins that you've left? Yeah, it, to be honest, like the hardest part is watching the sprints because, you know, I went into the tour this year as I think as probably the favourite sprinter. Um, there were so many sprints this year. Um, you know, the first few days I was, I was going for the intermediates and yeah, I know the intermediates, but like I was, I was winning them quite easily. Um, so I was really confident going into the, you know, into the sprint stages and, um, you know, I was also going to go for the green Jersey this year. So like everything in the first few stages was like on track. I felt good. Um, my preparation was good for the tour. So, you know, like it was, everything was pretty, pretty perfect. And, uh, and I know like, yeah, we're never going to know if maybe Cav was going to be better than me, but um, usually like I'll be able to beat him, but it would have been good to sprint against him anyway. Like I don't think I would have been winning by 10 meters or anything, but like, I think, yeah, I think the sprints would still be quite close, but um, yeah, I think I, I could have had maybe a few stages by now. Without selling you short, I don't think you were going to get time gaps on Cav on the sprints either. What was that? I said without selling you short, I don't think you're going to beat him by 10 metres and get time gaps on a, no. on a flat stage as well. No. He's, like, he's, it's unbelievable how he's come back. You know, like, he, he was dominant. He, he went away for a while. Then he came back for a year when he was in the dimension. He won four stages. And then since then, like, he's been gone again. Like, last year, Cav couldn't win. Like, Cav couldn't even get to a sprint. Or if he was there, like... He wouldn't be able to sprint anymore because he was so like 
so tired, I guess. But um, like at the start of the year, like uh, I didn't think Cap could win a race anymore. Now he's won three Tour de France stages. So uh, it's pretty unbelievable the way he's come back. And, you know, I'm happy for him. Cap and I get on really well and um, I really like him. And, and you know, it's, uh, yeah, he, it's pretty hard to argue that he's uh, not the best sprinter there's ever been. So um, I think his story of his career is actually quite phenomenal. Was that running on uh, stage three as filthy as what it looked? Like, Hagee crashed out, you splattered yourself. Everyone was like sort of saying, this is just ridiculous. Was it that bad? Well, see, where like most of the shit happened was like, I guess, in like the last 20Ks. But I was always at the front there, so I never saw any crashes. But a few of my teammates were behind, like sitting at the back of the bunch. And they said it was just like, from behind i haven't watched like a replay of the of the last kind of hour of that stage so i didn't see that much but then yeah i heard at the finish like after the finish that it was just carnage and um yeah when i watched a video of the sprint like the bunches i think there's only 20 guys there mm. so uh yeah it was uh it i mean it wasn't ideal for you know the tour de france in the in the first few days to to finish in a place like that. Do you come home and you're like distraught? Like how, how, do, how do you go about putting that kind of disappointment? Because I, I was gutted. Like I spent spent the next day. It was, it was a big thing for me. How, how do you go about putting something so you worked so hard for this? You had the, like such a good team there um, and it to come unstuck like it did. Is, is it tough to put that behind you? Yeah, of course it is. But... You know, like one thing I always try to do is like never bring a work problem home because, you know, I've got a family now and I don't want to come home and be like miserable the whole time the tour is on because you know, it affects the rest of my family. So, you know, I don't know, like I try to stay as positive as possible, but in the end, like this is probably the biggest disappointment of my career. Like I've gone into Tour de France as the favourite sprinter, um, probably favourite to win the green jersey uh, in the form of my life. And I knew I could do it. Um, and, yeah, I didn't even get the chance to chance to sprint at all. So um, it is disappointing and it is annoying. But, uh, you know, in the end, there's, there's nothing I can do about it. It's happened. It's done. Um, and I'm just going to have to, I guess, try to refocus for the rest of the season. But, you know, it's hard because, you know, the tour is the biggest race in the world. So it's hard to have the same motivation going to any other race, even if it's the world or um, I don't know what my, my program is going to be like now because uh, yeah, I don't know when I can actually start training properly again. I've already had like a mm, week and a half, it's been a week, yeah, a week and a half since I crashed. And as you know, like you lose so much form in that week and a half. I think in two weeks you lose 50% of your form. So it's going to be hard to get that back. Um, for the welter and it's one thing being ready to go to the welter and just ride it and another thing being there to to win so um i hope to be back for that but we'll see did you um did you have to send eddie Merckx your x-ray um i did send him a copy just he was questioning it again so i sent him a copy and he, he agreed that yeah it's actually it is broken um so uh, i actually think he went into the surgery room to, when it was open just, <laughs> um, but yeah, he was, uh, 
he agreed. So that's why you haven't seen anything about about uh, yeah Eddie saying anything about me pulling out the tour this year. <laughs> do you, Do you know him? Like do you, do you chat to him? No. Or does I, he just I, talk to you through the media? I just had like I called him that time. Say, hey, mate, leave me alone. Um, After the Giro. Yeah. So I saw, like, I saw what he said and I was, it's like, obviously like there's a lot of people saying whatever, um, but there's always going to be people like that on social media saying like, blah, 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 whatever. But then when like the best cyclist ever in the history of the sport comes out and says like, should be sanctioned and stuff, I was like, the hell? Anyway, I knew someone who had his number. So I said like, hey, send me his number, I'm going to call him. Um, so I called him and I said, I was like, um, he, he answered, he's like, hey, I was like, hey, it's Caleb Ewan. And he said, yeah. I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what's your problem? And then he like went on about how he's disappointed in me and everything. And I kind of exp- explained to him the story and then he apologized. So, um, and then like he was writing some column in the newspaper. That's where he said it. And he was doing it like every couple of days. And he said, I said, yeah, can you like tell him to take it down? And he said, yeah, when I do my column again, I will, uh, I will say like we spoke and um, yeah, there's actually a problem with you or something. I don't know. But yeah, he apologized in the end. So. And did he come through the goods with the article? Um, well, you see, he didn't like in, in the article, I don't think he really apologized. I saw because it's all in, all in Dutch. So um I just see it on Google Translate, but it said something like, oh, Caleb called me and explained to me the problem or something and whatever. But it wasn't like that. Uh, just cold, cold Eddie Merckx. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking shit about me, so I can't let him do that. Oh, good thing you straightened <laughs> it out with Eddie. The, the question, the answer to that first question, though, Caleb, about like how you manage that, that was a very mature answer, Campbell. That's, that was like a, a grown man talking about his work and family life, and he's got it all down pat and doesn't bring it home. Things are, things are dialed in Monaco right now. Oh, listen, he's been a pro for coming up. What? So have you been pro for seven years now, Caleb? Seven years ish? Yeah, turning 27 on the weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. See, I'm old. That's old. Old Seven years, probably. Yeah. God, time flies. The good thing for you is there doesn't seem to be any like Pogacar sprinters sort of style. You know, like any young sprinters coming through that are tearing it up. That must be um must be good for you going forward. Yeah, I think there's. It's, it's weird because it usually, like, it used to be the other way around. Like, the GC riders, you know, they took some time to mature yeah. and um, get the experience, get the grand tours in their legs. But now they're just coming out, like, straight up winning the Tour de France at 21, um, which is, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, there hasn't been any sprinters yet, and I hope they're not they're not coming. But, uh, yeah, there hasn't been any anyone like Bernal or, or Pochacar a sprinter version coming through really. Um, but I think we have like a really competitive age, like between 25 and let's say oh, yeah, 25 and 28 or like Bennett's 30, 30 or 31. Um, 
but we have a few sprinters that are, I think are quite close and uh, we all push each other. So maybe it's hard for a young guy to come straight in and, and win straight away. Speaking of big names in the media, having rifts with each other, what's, what's going on with um, Patrick and Sam Bennett, Caleb? I don't know, actually. Um, well, it doesn't seem like they like each other, but I mean, I was trying to get it out of some of the quick step guys at the tour and they were pretty like, they just weren't saying much and Sam's not saying much. I don't actually know what's going on there. Um, but it's pretty strange. Generally, Patrick like really protects his riders. Um, so it's, it's a little bit weird that uh, yeah, he's, he's going all out on Sam at the moment, but I don't know if Sam did something, something wrong to him or if it's really a, yeah. I mean, I guess Sam's not lying about his knee injury, but Patrick seems to think he is. So I, don't, I don't know. Has Patrick come knocking on your door for, for the future? No. no. He's got Kevin out of me, so he's all good. Do you see him? Do you see him rocking around races? Like, is he is he a big figure and a big presence at the race, Patrick? No, he's not actually. I haven't seen him. Like, see, well, I don't go to Belgium so much, and I think he goes to more of the Belgian races. Um, like, I didn't none of the classics or anything like that. So, I didn't see him. Didn't see him at Tour. Oh, did I see him at Tour of Belgium? I don't know. But no, he's not. He's not always just rocking around there. Um, I think he's probably generally with sponsors and, and that kind of thing, the more like the team boss. We we um we talk heaps about this this quick step curse, Caleb. When the sprinters leave quick step, um, they almost can't get over the line. And Viviani Gavilia, uh, maybe Bennett next 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 year. Does it does it sort of take a little bit off, Cav? Like knowing that potentially it's purely Morkov. Like would he have been able to do it with just Roger Klug, like you do? Um, is like is the is the quick step train just that good? Yeah, it's not. I think it's not just the it's not just the train. It's like the mentality of the team. You know, like you know how good it must be to have like Alaphilippe in the team. He wins the first stage, takes the yellow jersey, and that just takes the pressure off the whole team. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you have like big names like that, guys that can win themselves, then it's just like the environment in the team is so much better. Everyone's much more relaxed, much more confident. Um, and I think that's what Quick Step have is, you know, they win all the time throughout the whole year. So they're always just on like that high. Um, whereas, you know, if you take my team, for example, I mean, not many guys in the team win. We have like a win here, here and there, but it's not like consistently winning all the time. So uh, I think like that's the main difference. And obviously, yeah, their, their train's unbelievable. Like I think if you saw like the last... I mean, the cab had like everyone's there. All the sprints are there with like one guy, maybe, and he's got like five guys in front of him. Um, but it can't always just come down to the train. Like, you know, when you're when you're a rider being let out, you're like you're the most exposed sprinter. So you don't know what's going on behind. You don't know, like, you know, you you always think like, all right, I've got a whole bunch of sprinters lined up on my wheel, and that's uh, that's also quite hard to deal with. Um, and, you know, you have to time your sprint right because, you know, guys might go early and they're going to take all the sprinters with you. So um, you're just like, yeah, you're always kind of exposed when you get 
that. So it's uh, it's also really hard to to win off a lead out as well. You have to you have to you ha- you have to be good. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Um, I mean, it does matter who you are. Like you can't just be no one and, and come off cabs lead uh, off, off quick steps lead out. Like you have to be a good rider still. So, um, but to answer your question, if Cav was in my team, I don't think he would win. He has to be, he, he has to be in quick step to win. And I think he's, he's said it himself. Um, like he said, like, it's pretty hard not to win off Morkov. And he said, it's like, he said, my bike is so fast that, yeah. So like he, he also, like he admits to himself that, um, you know, probably without that team, without the equipment, um, he's probably not going to win. And that's, Patrick knows that as well. So when the sprinters come up for contract, he'll offer them much less than any other team because he knows, all right, if this sprinter wants to stay winning, they have to stay with my team. Like, that's why, you know, Lefebvre would not be, uh, like, he's not that desperate to, to keep Bennett because he knows once another sprinter comes in, he'll be able to make that sprinter, you know, one of the best in the world. And then they, like, if you see, like, the last six, seven years, like, the sprinters have come there for a few years and then moved on um, and probably got a bigger payday when they left Quick Step. So I think that's the attractive part of going to Quick Step as a, as a sprinter. I don't think the bosses of Lotto agree with you with not many winners in the team. For some reason, they went with five leaders for Milan San Remo. If you can explain that to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the, yeah, their choice. So, um, well, you've, you've already answered that question. <laughs> That's a curly one. If I, if I, to be fair to them, the year before I got dropped on Presser that wasn't, wasn't great. Then we were left with one guy in the front. Um, and then this year, uh, I pulled out of Torino, I think, during stage three. It's like pretty bad cut problem. So I think they were like, oh, like not, not so confident. I told them that I was good, but I mean, they weren't so confident. Do you, do you, watch, do you watch Quick Step and go like, how do I create that? Like, how do I get that? Like you're a leader now. You're, you're, you're the guy. Do you sit at home and look at the TV and watch Cav just be like delivered to a T, like textbook lead outs and think about how you create that at Lotto? I think it's too hard to to recreate that because like, like if you look at Cav's lead out, let's say Morkoff is the best lead out man in the world at the moment. She is. Then he's got Ballerini in front of him who won a classic earlier this year. More coffee in front of him who won plans this year. Like they have like a, a sprint train of superstars, whereas I have like a sprint train of guys that it's exactly like that's just what they do. Like they just do lead out. So my sprint train compared to theirs is just a, a completely different thing. My guys are completely focused on, you know, just just doing a sprint or doing a sprint train. And those guys are some of just the, some of the biggest motors in the world. So like, of course, if you have the biggest motors in the world, they're always going to, uh, they're always going to be hard to come around. And I think you've also got Julian Alaphilippe, world champion, just chipping in on the side too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to compete with that. Um, and I think, as you can see in the tour, like no one can really compete with them at the moment. Mm. Max asked Cadell last week, like, yeah, do you, do you get a say in what riders come to your team? And Cadell was like, yeah, like it finally happened at BMC. I got um, I got the boys that I wanted there. Do you do you sit down with management and say, all right, let's let's go after that guy? Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm always quite like hesitant to to tell them who I want because you know, like if I ask for some someone and he's really bad, then uh, or he ends up being really bad, then you know it's on me. So um, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant with that, but. Um, yeah, probably not so much in the last few years they've asked me, but this year they have asked me like who I who I'd want to to strengthen my lead out. But um, this year as well for the tour, they they said, all right, pick like four guys that you think would would be really good for, or tell us four guys that you you think would be really good for the lead out, and um, we like heavily consider them. So uh, that was good that like I had some input in. Yeah, who would be leading me out? And I think, to be honest, if I think if I was there with the with the team that we had, I think we could rival Quick Step. Maybe we don't have a team of you know big names like they did, but you know we had a pretty dial team. We did really good in Belgium, so um, you know they were all confident. I was confident, so I think we could have uh, we could have really rivaled them there. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll never know. I'm um, actually currently looking for work, Caleb. Alex is looking for a pay rise. And I reckon Max Gorm would probably be pretty good boxing on in the bunch. So consider us for next year. All right, yeah. Well, you know, Alex did all the introductions. Alex forgot to mention that he was in the 2014 Lavinier Dream Team. Mm, he was. The best, the, best, the best team we ever had was not Oh, I think yes. That's a key part of your success, you might say, Caleb? Of course, yeah. Well, I only won one stage that year, but still. It was still good. Hey, I remember, wait, I remember <laughs> one day on, uh, remember Colmé de Ruslan, like a big, big climb. I think they did it in the tour this year. Yeah. I remember, I remember dropping back. I'm actually not going to believe this. I was dropping back from the bunch and towing Hagey back to the bunch because he couldn't keep up anymore. I remember there's that that photo that <laughs> that James had of us, you know, like that big lake on the on the top of Comodoro Song, like we're all there, yeah. the whole team. Yeah, there was yeah. some good energy in the gym Done. that year. Yeah, well, the two years we had in in non twenty threes was yeah, that was they were good. Are you um are you upset, Caleb, that you potentially um, could have beaten Chris Froome on GC yeah. this year? Doesn't get much better than that, guys. Once you turn pro, it just gets a bit more stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, uh, yeah, they, they were the good years. So you, you were there for the good years. Don't worry. Excellent. Was, um, was Harry Sweeney in one of those four guys? He was actually. Um, but uh, Harry's been super impressive. You know, I've, uh, I've trained with him a lot this year because he moved to Nice, so we've been yeah, quite close. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I knew he was super strong um, and uh, obviously a bit inexperienced because he's a Neo Pro. But, uh, you know, other than that, you know, 
the team were very hesitant to put him in because, you know, he had COVID like a few months ago. Um, I wanted him first in the Giro. Uh, they, they thought he wasn't going to be ready. I think he would have been ready in time, but, you know, in the end, I think it all worked out for him because, you know, instead of doing the Giro, he's now at the Tour. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, when I said to the management that I think he should go, they were like, hmm. You know, Neo Pro, never done a Grand Tour. I think at that time he'd only done like, he only had like 11 race days or something. So like, then they're like, all right, we'll put him in Dolphiné and Tour of Belgium, um, which is a pretty heavy program for the Tour as a Neo Pro as well. Like he hadn't raced for a while. Um, and then he got through that all right. And then I think like either after that, he was going to be cooked or he was going to be going good. And uh, he was still going good, so... Um, you know, he's been, he's been super impressive. Like yesterday's ride, um, you know, was, was very, very impressive from him. Like if you see the depth that that breakaway had and the fact that he was, you know, up there in the end, he was third place. Um, you know, his attack dropped Kung on that climb and, you know, that just shows like as a Neo pro, like he's, he's got a you know, very bright future. Plus... I wanted, I wanted to have an Aussie in the team as well because it's nice just for Benz, you know, having a having a fellow Australian in the team. <laughs> how, how do you how like how have you found the Belgian culture? Because you went from under twenty threes uh, Aussie to uh, the Aussie team, and then to the Belgian team. Like, have you you found like that culture's fitted for you well? Um, yeah, it's like. Belgians are pretty good. Uh, like they're, I mean, they're, uh, they're not, they're not really the same as Australians, but they're, they're quite easy to get along with. Um, one thing I'd say, they get offended quite easy. Um, but you know, like Australians generally take the piss out of each other. Sometimes it doesn't like, yeah, doesn't go down that well. But other than that, they're good. Like, it's much better than, I think, being, you know, like a, a team where it's, you know, French culture or Italian culture. Like, that's completely different to us. Whereas, you know, Belgians are, are pretty chill guys. So, um, yeah, I like, I like the mentality of the team. Do you, uh, Caleb, do, what do you think um, about Greenaway again and where, where he's at now and his comeback that, and, and, like, um, think about it from his perspective? Star, like, what would he be ride, struggling like, with to get – or what are the hurdles to get back but to that level? Now he's, he's so pre, conscious of what he's doing. Um, the Yakusim like, incident. You know, he doesn't want to do anything controversial or anything. Um, now, not in, like, an autopilot anymore. He's thinking about what he's doing. And in the sprint, like, things happen so quickly and, like, you have to make decisions so quickly that you can't think about it. Like, it has to just be natural. But because he's thinking about it, his reactions to things, I think, are too slow. Um, but, you know, I think, like, he'll come back. Like, he, again, like, he, he just needs, uh, needs one win. He'll have his confidence back. Um, you know, he'll be more comfortable in the bunch. But I expect him to make a... A full return to, to one of the best sprinters, um, which sucks for me, but yeah. 
Who is who is going to the going to the vault account? Do you know? Sprinters. Well, I mean, Bennett says he's not going, um, but I don't know. And uh, (laughs) maybe he's not going to race for the rest of the year. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he said he's not going. Last time I raced with Dylan, he said that he might go. But maybe now after Roglic is out, he'll be refocusing for the World Tour. Blacklisted. Sure. Um, I think. Uh, I think Jakobsen is going. I don't know. Um, Ackerman will be going? there surely from Bora, missing out on tour. Yeah, Ackerman probably. So it's basically just you and uh, Magnus Court in bunch sprints. <laughs> Well, that would be nice. <laughs> don't, don't underestimate Magnus Court of the Volta. Yeah, I know, but like he'll win he'll win the sprints and I struggle to be there. He'll win the sprints and there's 20 guys there and I'm 20, 20 minutes behind. <laughs> as far as a pure bunch print though, like should have yeah. covered. Uh, but uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe some guys will, will want to go after the tour back up and, and do the Welter again. Maybe Merlier will go. No, he's only done, he did half the Giro, uh, half the Tour, so maybe maybe he'll go. Um, Demar, maybe after a poor Tour, salvage the season. Yeah. Although they have um, the other French guy on their team, the GC guy. Oh, they Thibaut. They haven't done anything. Yeah. yeah. So maybe Thibaut will go. Um, I don't know. My man. I have always backed him in foolishly. I think I tipped him for the tour last year. <laughs> Whoops. Well, was it the year before? I think he was going to like, he was probably going to win. Hambo's man. Until yeah, he got like that maybe, injury. Yeah, maybe it wasn't as wild as what these other two boys make it out to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I speak to guys in, um, guys in Ineos, I remember them saying like, he's the, our biggest threat at the moment. He was going super well. Um, yeah. So, not yeah, not not too much for a wild pick. How do you reckon Geraint yeah, Thomas's um, motivation is? Like, you know, what's he now? 30, 35, 36, crash, like big crash again in a tour. Like, do you think he's got enough in the tank to go around for another tour rotation? I don't know, to be honest, because I think... You know, for for those guys to get ready for the tour, it's like it's like a year away from home. Mm. Like race to training camp to race to training camp. Um, you know, he's got he's got a kid at home as well. I know, like earlier this year, he didn't see for a really long time. So, you know, maybe this could have been like he said, like I'm going to give it one last real real crack and see what happens, but. Yeah, you never know. Maybe again he'll go go again next year and, and do it all again. But um, yeah, the way those guys train is it's crazy. Like they're, they're literally yeah, the other away all year. So because like, like Campbell touched on, I think a little bit earlier, it was like Gaviria, you, um, and Grunewagen going at it. Like the three hottest sprinters coming out of the youthful ranks. What's happened to Gaviria besides a double COVID? Um, situation like where, where, where's he at? Well, he went from <laughs> he to UAE. Where, where, um, 
Yeah, there's not like you said. There's like there's not a good track record of sprinters. Like let's Kittle did nothing after he left Quick Step. Gaviria did nothing. Viani did nothing. So let's see what what Bennett does. But uh, yeah, it's to be honest. I think Cav winning the only person that maybe makes like that kind of makes it look bad is, is for Bennett because, you know, he was like, probably this year, like he was held as the, the best sprinter in the world. Like people say he's the best sprinter in the world after winning the green Jersey last year, two stages in the tour. Um, and then Cav comes along from, <laughs> from the dead, like couldn't come in the bike race last year comes into that team. Now we're halfway through the tour. He's already got three stage wins, leading the green jersey by probably double the next person points. Um, so that probably takes away a little bit from from what Bennett's done. So, yeah. He probably is the only one that kind of looks a little bit bad in this situation. Or what he's done the last years, although it's been very impressive, probably doesn't look as impressive anymore. Would you... Would you take the pay cut and chase the wins, Caleb? Would I? Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm winning enough no, as it is. <laughs> the, like, I think a sprinter's mentality, like I'm not the only one like that, um, is that, and I think like guys like Viviani and Garbiria and probably Kittle as well, um, probably all thought, like have the same mindset as me and it's just like doesn't matter where I am, like I'm gonna win. Doesn't matter if you give me a good bike, a shit bike, good equipment, whatever, like a shit team, I'll just win wherever. Um and that's kind of the mentality I have. So I don't feel like I would uh, take a big pay cut to to go somewhere else to try to win because I think I can just win wherever. Which is probably not right. I probably can't like if I went to I don't know don't want to say any teams because you never know I might end up there. But, um, you know, if I went to a bad team. Direct energy, maybe? Well, Sagan is Sagan going to win there? or? Well, I mean. Is that the end of the line? He's, I mean, he's not winning so much anymore. So he's probably just going for his last big contract and then call a day. Or maybe he's going to be like. Re-energized and he's again one of the best best cyclists of the generation. So you can never like you can never write him off. It's like Cal, you never never write him off. Just keeps keeps coming back. So um, in general, you'd say yeah, this is the end of the line for him. But who knows? Max, if if the if the D's weren't crushing this year and you were like staring down the back end of your career. Would have you considered or taken an offer from a from another team to chase that premiership? Uh, that's a great hypothetical, Alex. Um, mm. It seems to be a tiny little bit more loyalty in AFL, um, so I think you've got that. Uh, and I've been Melbourne the whole time. I don't know. It, it, I've, I'm not in that situation. I reckon I might have if I'm really like get a couple more years, and someone came knocking, there would be a chance, maybe. Max, yes. would you would you go to the worst team in the league 
for double the pay, knowing that you probably win like hardly anything. Just just for bulk cash. Um. <laughs> like, where do you weigh up getting paid versus winning that, or being yeah, in a good team? That's kind of what I've been doing um, for the last ten years. It's been at the worst team. No. Um, <laughs> And uh, look, it, 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 it would be something. I'm in a pretty uh, pretty long contract at the moment, but I get out at like 33 and like some clubs can offer massive contracts of 33-year-olds that have experience and stuff. So you'd weigh it up then. Yeah. How long are contracts for? Uh, contracts are like, I'm on a four-year one now. But like there's crazy ones, like Buddy Franklin signed nine years at Sydney Swans. And back enders and back enders. He's the highest paid player in the comp at the moment. He's thirty five. Yeah, right. So the paydays are coming, like the big paydays. In your, in payday could still be coming, Taylor. <laughs> there could be a chance I could do like an Israel startup nation move when I'm when I'm when I'm in my late late thirties. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Froome is getting paid a lot of money to be there, and he's. They just love 35-year-olds. Like, it's weird. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's actually right. They're really, they've got, like, a whole bunch of old guys, haven't they? I've got, a, I've got a question that I always bring up. Is, is, does Gripel go to the tour to be, like, the, the man of the Gruppetto, just to help out the Gruppetto? I don't know. Maybe he's, like, the team mascot. <laughs> <laughs> could you could Grapple drop onto the the quick step train and 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 win? No, I think he's like a bit too cautious in the sprints at the moment. The like behind Cav is an absolute mess. Like guys, you don't see it on TV so much, but guys fighting and like squeezing you and yeah, if you don't yeah, if, if you've lost that like you know that urgency in the sprints, there's no no way you're going to stay there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't – unless, like, for some reason he just ends up on Cab's wheel, no one pushes him off, then uh, maybe he could come around him, but I don't think so. Yeah. Is there – do you two, are you two on talking conditions? you want to grapple? Do you two chat? Yeah, he's a super nice guy. Really, really nice guy. Messaged me after my crash, asked me if I was right and everything, so um, – yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I don't think he was too bitter when I came to the team and he left. At the end of the day, like, he knows it's not, not, not my decision. Like, I just went to the team and, like, whatever reason, like, they couldn't uh, come to an agreement and, and, yeah, he left. So, um, yeah, I think it's yeah, nothing. At the end of the day, it's not, nothing to do with me. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure if you watched, but the the stage you the stage after you crashed, there was a bit of a protest, um, and it was led by Grapple. It always seems to be led by the senior citizen rider of the peloton, but I don't think he had the pull because I think they wanted to do like a 40k protest, and he ended up. He actually had to ride to the front to tell Alaphilippe to stop riding. Like they weren't really listening to him. <laughs> That's something that the older guys and the bunch complain about is the young guys have no respect and like. I think like 20 years ago, like Cipollini would just like come to the front of the bunch and be like, all right, this is it. The breakaway's gone. Everyone's stopped now. And everyone just listened. 
Whereas now there's like guys like through the gravel and the grass, like trying to, which, like they're trying to block the road and like there's guys in the grass just coming around and no one's got like any, there's no like, you know, voice in the peloton anymore. Like Cancellara maybe was the last one. Um, but now there's just like, <laughs> no one is just wild. <laughs> Grapple's just been waiting his turn to be the senior citizen and now there's no response. No listening anymore. Because all the biggest names in the in the bunch are like twenty five and under. Max, I don't follow. I don't follow AFL that much. Um, so, but you support the D's. I felt like you were going to fire a question at me. Then I don't follow AFL much, but uh... I think stars <laughs> is like how's the season going? Yeah, we're like at the pointy end. So six weeks to go. Out of twenty-two, okay, um, and we're like sitting top of the ladder. So we, and we're from a like we're a club that hasn't had success for a long time. So it's kind of cool. How long have you been in this club for? Uh, I'm in my eleventh year. But didn't you win a premiership? Are you in the premiership? No, you sent me you text before a final, which is like when there's four teams left. Okay, so that's the. That's the highest you've been um, in the last 11 years. Yeah, in 2018, um, we made a prelim final. We got smoked by West Coast, but... Um, but this year, you're going to win the Premiership. This year, we're in a better position. Alex thinks we're going to win it, which is good. Alex, Alex is a Melbourne supporter. All right, six feet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start following. Because, you know, I'm from New South Wales as well, so like, we don't really watch AFL. Like it's more of like, I think it's more of like a, a Victorian, South Australian, Western Australian, and then New South Wales and Queensland. We watch like rugby. Yeah. But I mean, I don't even watch rugby league anymore. But I'm gonna start. <laughs> you're I'm gonna start watching. You're right. Like COVID, COVID's like smashed Sydney at the moment. Not sure if you're following that. And the two Sydney teams have gone out and they're based in Melbourne now and no one cares. <laughs> like, no one in Sydney cares that there's no footy. Like they're just hanging in Melbourne now. I know when I, when I was growing up, I knew no one. There wasn't even like a, an AFL field in the town that I grew up in. Like pretty big town. Like Barrel's pretty big. I don't think there's an AFL field. Yeah. Like I, did, I knew no one that played AFL. Is that where you're from? That's, that's, that's Don Bradman territory, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Don Bradman. Legend. Well, uh, that's where I grew up. I was born in Sydney, and then like I think when I was like seven or eight, we moved there, and I grew up there. But um, that's yeah, nice space. But all right, I'm gonna. Well, see, I don't even know. Like, you know, you know how we got GCN now for cycling. Is there something for AFL yeah. like that like, that I can watch? Yeah, there's the AFL. I think the AFL app's pretty good, especially for international supporters. Wait, let me. What's it? What's it called? Just type in a- AFL. It'll be the first one. I, I dare say. I'm gonna look, and then it, I can watch all the games. Yeah. AFL. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying there might not be a cost <laughs> involved, but <laughs> I'll I'll pay. But GCN does 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 cost me. How much is GCN actually? I, I mean, I I also pay for GCN. I, I actually paid for GCN to get it. And then a week later, my team sent out email like, oh, you guys can get GCN for free if you want. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how much it costs. 
GCN's GCN's not that bad. It's crazy here though because we get like half the races because SBS do the other half. Oh really? Yeah. See, like here, we, I'm pretty sure here we get everything. Yeah. Right. All right. Wait. Ask app to track you. Should I let it track me or? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> if you're hiding in Monaco or Tax Haven, I don't think you want anyone to track you. <laughs> Well, it's good because then they know I'm there. <laughs> <They're> not <so laughs> right, I'm going to track me. This is exciting. We're bonding, Caleb. It's good. All right, wait a second. Mate, there's like... Well, there's two Melbourne... How many Melbourne teams are there? Ten. <laughs> and you're... What, you're just the normal Melbourne team? Or what? We're, yeah, we're the actual Melbourne team. So your team's just called Melbourne? <laughs> yeah. All right. And the rest are like suburbs of Melbourne. Did you have to select the team you were going to um, support? Yeah. You support the days? I don't know. I just, I just pressed on Melbourne. Wait. Jason, Jason, goes, Jason goes for Geelong. Jason's pretty hard, hardcore Geelong. That's the uh, right Melbourne team. Yeah, right one. Yeah, that's the right <laughs> Melbourne team. Jason will not You'll like this. awfully disappointed. But, all right, so, you know, in cycling, like, People don't go for teams. Like, there'll be, let's say, a Peter Sagan fan. Doesn't matter what team he's going to be in. They're always going to be his fan. Like, they follow the rider more than the team. Yeah. AFL's not like that, is that? Is it it's less like that. If, if you move teams, how many, how many supporters would you take with you to the next team? You probably could count them on one hand. Mum... Mum, dad, wife, and Caleb. <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's a good four. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Well, see, this is the way I'll justify it to, to Jason. I'll be like, I'm not exactly a, a Melbourne fan. I'm a Max fan. So yes. If, if Max goes to Geelong, I'll follow, I'll follow Geelong as well. Nice. Well, when are you, when are you playing? I don't know. We, is it going to be in the middle of the night for me? We played last night, um, which would be middle of the day for you, I'm presuming. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. If you play in the evenings, then, yeah, it's like... Midday we, played in two, we played in two hours' time to now. So what's that for you now? Um, you played in two hours' time? Oh, what time is it there? Yeah. It's quarter to ten now. Yeah, so last yesterday we would have played at midday, your time. Yeah, nice. So I'll just put it on your ride. All right. <laughs> yeah, I can I can get one of those uh, lock things for your phone. Yeah. Probably why I'm injured is probably not the best idea. But Alex TAC wouldn't approve nah, of that. they wouldn't approve of that. They'd approve <laughs> you wearing a, a Melbourne jersey, though, while you're out training. <laughs> What's your favourite celebration when you cross the line? I'll do it when I kick a goal. Um, oh, you know what I've oh, I did it once, but didn't get on camera. Is um, it's a bit. It's just. What was the cameraman <laughs> doing? Did he miss the celebration? <laughs> I don't know what he was filming, but um, I think it's hilarious. Is the you know the Conor McGregor walk? Yeah, that would be that would be hilarious, but. I did it briefly, briefly after I won my second Tour de France stage, but didn't get on camera. Or maybe it did. I don't know. Doesn't look as, doesn't look as gracious on the bike though. Channeling your Conor McGregor crossing the line—that is boss. He's, he's fighting tomorrow, so 
might wake up in the morning and watch that, see if his career's going to be over or not, because I think if he loses his fight... Then... Yeah, I've got a gut feel it is. Yeah, do you watch UFC or...? Yeah, a little bit. It's good timing of the show. It's like midday Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's really bad timing here. It's always like you have to wake up like 4.30 in the morning and, and watch it, but um, it's never it's never great timing. Is, is he a Monaco yeah. resident? Yeah. Connor. No, but I remember like last year. Is he the tour or something? Year, yeah, actually, yeah, it was last year. It was- <laughs> he got around the tour. Um, and uh, wait, wait, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make sure because someone's supposed to come at nine o'clock and it's now almost ten o'clock. I'm just gonna make sure he's not standing outside. <laughs> This if we've got anyone still going. <laughs> you might need a bit of an edit here, Albie. Get yeah, your work yeah. cut gonna out tonight. Or keep tonight. <laughs> Watching Caleb download the AFL app. <laughs> what's it, what's the Conor McGregor walk? Uh it's yeah, it's yeah. Campbell's doing it. Do you reckon he could pull it off after you? After you, you would have seen it. I don't think I. I, I don't think I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll promise Caleb that I'll do it, but I, okay. I don't think I'll do it. <laughs> you better do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just hoping for a little. Don't you do this one a lot? You do the double. Yeah, to be honest, it's like you never. I never really like think about what I'm going to do. Just like spur of the moment happens. But you know, like as a sprinter, when you win, it's like. You know, when a, a climber wins, you know he's probably going to win for like the last 20 minutes. Whereas a sprint, yeah. you only know you're going to win like a second before the line. Heart race racing, adrenaline's up. So you just, it's like pure emotion. So the Jersey, the Jersey team pump seems to be quite a popular one at the moment. Yeah, I'll try to mix it up a little bit. Well, what's what's a what's a max celebration? I'll do it if I win a stage in the World Cup. Uh, I I go just both arms out. That's you've already done it, I reckon. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. Do some do something. I'll watch you on the weekend. Okay, I will. I'm knowing that you're watching. It's a bit of pressure. Yeah, do something and then uh, and I'll try to replicate it on the bike. Wait, wait. I'm gonna come back. There actually is people here, and okay. and just make Bring sure. <laughs> Yeah, they're French real estate agents. <laughs> they're fixing the deck or something. Just make sure you bag a lot of goals next week, Max. And this is, so he's got lots of celebrations to choose from. I'm on a behind streak at the moment. I'm six behinds in a row. Mm. Not good, Alex. Oh, well. Good pod. Good pod. How are you going to wrap um, this one up, Alex? Need a segue trying, to segue. <laughs> trying to find a segue. <laughs> 20 minutes ago, it's going to well, seem well, like it. I'll, po- I'll, po- pose, I'll pose a question to Caleb and Max. They're both very they're, – they're at the peak of their careers, I would say. Caleb, Caleb yep. would have been right now yep. because he would have had five stages under his belt. So he's at the peak yeah. of his career. Max is at the peak, peak of his career. He's about to take the 10 premiership. Uh, why, why, why are you so successful, Max? What makes what makes Max Gorn and Caleb Ewan so successful? Because you've saved the question to the end. Um, I look, I, I, I think 
in our sport, it's a little bit different. There's It's all team. Everything's team. You can be Gary Ablett at Gold Coast Suns winning Brownlow medals and still be individually successful. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't rate myself on individual accolades at all. So I'm, I'm all team and I haven't been able to call myself successful yet. So uh, but I don't think I will unless we win the flag. I'm calling so. you successful. Yeah, you're calling yeah. me individually, so individually successful, but I'm not let's a good Let's be personal for a, for a minute. Caleb? Well, there's always – there's something unique to professional athletes. Like they, they, they just beat to a different drum, you know. Like they – like I do some weird things that mates would not – I completely don't un- understand why I do it. And it's all based on getting the best out of myself for the two hours we play game day. So it's, it's just parking everything in your life and putting priority number one into your sport. What, what's, what, what weird things do you do? What's the weirdest thing that makes you successful? I'm, a, I'm at the beach every night. Um, lucky enough, live, live, live down the coast. But I'm, I'm both mentally, I like being away from technology and getting into the beach. And then physically, I think the beach is one of the better things for your body. It's cold as well. Like it's it's five degrees in the bay at the moment. So being able to get refreshed and like you go like that's un- a weird thing I do because yeah, like six seven pm as wetsuit? well. So it's quite dark. No, no wetsuit. Just the just the budgie smugglers. God damn! I was going out um, in winter here on this. Are you guys? Do you guys know what a flight board is? It's like it's got like a motor. It's like a surfboard with a motor, but like a hydrofoil, so it like flies out of the water. Yeah. Um, seen that's, them. Such Monica, that's such yeah. a Monaco activity. Seen them, didn't think you had one, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, oh. It's, it's an Australian Are you going to say what I think you're going to say? It's an Australian activity. Mate, it was, it was yeah. I, it's a Byron Bay company. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, very Australian. I did it uh, for, for the first time in Australia, and I was like, this is one of these things. Um, but anyway, I was going out in winter, but I definitely wasn't in budgie smugglers. Like I had like a full like uh, wetsuit beanie thing on, like gloves and so cold. But, but that, I mean. So you're just flying around <laughs> off the coast of Monaco on one of these things. Yeah. It's so nice. Like, in the middle of winter. In the winter, there's no one on the water. Like there's no boats out. It's just, it's just like, there's literally no one. It's just you in the, in the water. It's so nice. It's really, really nice. Um, but uh, yeah, is that is that what Everything makes you successful? That was my that was my question to Max. Is what 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 what's there? What's the one thing you're at, like you're at peak performance right now? You're the best sprinter in the world. What um what makes you tick besides electric surfboards? I just love winning. Like I really just want to win. Like. Like you guys know me pretty well. Like I love love winning, and I, I think like before this tour, I've never been like so focused and like determined to to do well. I knew there was lots of sprints. I knew I was going to be one of the favourites, the ones win the green jersey. So I haven't been. Uh, I think I've never been this focused in my career. But do you yeah, love do you love cycling? End, not really. No, no. like I. I love winning more than I love cycling. Like I, I don't think I'd enjoy it so much if I, if I wasn't winning. Do you love football, Max? And like, 
You know, there's... Well, I love football. Sorry. But I'll yeah. let Caleb finish his answer for Well, you know, like there's parts of it that I love. Um, but, you know, there's like there's other parts of it where it's just so hard. Like when I'm dropped with 180Ks to go by myself, like there's nothing fun about that. There's nothing enjoyable about that. Like there's a lot of the time it's like absolutely horrible. Training so hard. Um, but there's days, you know, like when you go for a recovery ride or, you know, if you do, like even there's some days where you do like five, six hours with a good group and you don't have to do efforts and you know, you're not having to go too deep and it's just, yeah, it's, it's nice. But most of the time, like it's very specific, hard training. And um, I love work. I love the fact that I have something to work towards and that it's rewarding in the end a lot of the time. Um, like I love that process, but I don't exactly like love the pain or the suffering that, that comes with it. Max, do you love AFL? Um, was someone at the, at the door, Kelly, <laughs> out of curiosity? So I, looked, I looked off the balcony and there's like, there was just people below me. <laughs> so they managed to find their way in. Um, yeah, how many people here, I just didn't hear them. Um, I... And 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 do you love winning? Is that is that part of what makes you so successful? I'm I'm similar to Caleb in terms of the sport. Like I I love footy, but the grim days are pretty grim. Like um, it's hard to keep your passion for it. But I think to be successful, you have to love your sport. Um, you have to find a way to love it. Um, so I'm sure Caleb he jokes about how hard some of these hard days can be. But when he's winning the bike races, he's loving the race. And similar to me, when I'm playing my best football, I'm loving. I'm loving football. I tend to watch it. I, wa- I watch the other games. Um, so there's usually a direct correlation between your will to win and your love of the sport at the time. But it can waver, and that usually happens when you're losing. To be fair, mm-hmm. so, like let me give you an example. Like it makes me like. So, like, when I won on the Champs-Élysées, like, a few, like after my first tour, I'd won three stages, won on the Champs-Élysées. Like, just, for me, like, it just couldn't be any better. Like, for my first tour to France, like, three stages. The one that I wanted to win, like, the most of my whole career, like, I've won it. Like, I've won on the Champs-Élysées. And now I, now I think back to that, and it makes me, like, a bit sad thinking, like, shit like maybe i'll never get that high again so i think like sport can give you like the highest of uh, of highs and like it's sad knowing that like yeah i'm sure I, maybe i will have that again but like that was my dream to win that win that one stage and now i've done it so is it going to be the same maybe i'll win it again but like is it going to be the same as the first time i don't know or is it going to be? Like- That's what I was going to ask. Like you've you've been there, Caleb. Like, are you motivated to get back to that, or do you think, oh, like it's just simply not going to be as rewarding as doing it for the first time? Um, no, I'm definitely motivated to get to 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 do it again because I know that feeling that I had, um, and maybe now it's going to be, you know, between when I won it the first time and the next time it's going to be three Tour de France's. So maybe again, like I'll have that feeling again. Um, but 
You know, there's like the as a as a rider, there's no feeling like rolling onto the Champs for the first time. Um, even the second time when I rolled on there, uh, you know, it was so nice. But uh, I just don't know if I'll ever have that feeling of my first Tour de France ever again because, like, you know, the first stage was so nice, um, and then the first time on the Champs Elysees was was also like dream come true. So it's. Uh, it's sad knowing like damn like will i ever will i ever experience that that feeling again of just being like on an absolute high maybe you got to do a woke van art and win twice up mount 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's unbelievable like, switch up second second in the proper bunch win the day before and then win the double one two like you know like you guys like say like it's unbelievable like when you watch it but when you actually feel how hard it is, it's like, it's just, you just can't believe it. It's just like, how is he so strong? Like when you feel like how hard, like I can't even keep up in the bunch, like when they're just cruising up the climb, like it's that hard. And then this guy is like sprinter. Like he beat me in the Torino, like full, full on bunch sprint. And now he's like double time up on two, no problem. <laughs> Drop everyone. So uh, we have uh, we have a few absolute freaks in the sport, and he's uh, he's one of them. Well, Max, you might have the same problem in five years' time when the D's have just won five premierships on the trot, and you're starting to get a bit bored of it, a little bit unmotivated. Uh, I'll, if I get there, I'll let you we'll know. Check back in, <laughs> <laughs> Max. What you're doing with your club is it like the same as what? Jordan did with Chicago uh, on a different wavelength. Um, Chicago <laughs> were bad though, weren't they? They, yeah, um, they were nowhere near winning a uh, uh, whatever it's like the basketball premiership. Yeah, so I'm I'm the captain, but I'm not the, the Jordan. The Jordan, we got an unbelievable mid, midfielder, a uh, couple of midfielders who are just genuine stars. I'm like the Phil Jill. And then, like, Christian Petrak is our Caleb Ewan. Well, for, like, are you, like, the Luke Rowe of the, t- the team, or are you more... Like- I'd like to think I've got a tiny bit more talent than Luke Rowe, but to be fair, Luke Rowe's got some one-day classics <laughs> in him. Um, um, oh, what's the best cycling example? Yeah, I'm, the Ala- I'm, the, I'm the Julian Alaphilippe while tracks the Cav. All right. All right. So, I was trying to think of more lotto examples, but I didn't. I just didn't want to put myself in the Tim Wellens category. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tim's not a, a captain type. Yeah, I don't think any of your Belgian friends are going to listen to the podcast, but if they do, let them know that I, I, I'm actually I'm a big feel, fan of Phil, uh, Phil Jill. Yeah, Phil's a good guy. He's, uh, for, for an old guy, he's got some good bands. Yeah, he's definitely he's still got a couple of years to go at Israel Startup Nation, most likely as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hard to say no to a big contract, but <laughs> he reckons he's done after this. But we'll see. He just turned thirty nine, so thirty nine. <laughs> That's incredible. You're that old. Yeah. I thought he was like maybe yeah, like thirty, like a couple of years younger. 36, 37, I thought, but 39, that's starting to get on a little bit. You're not going to be riding at 39, are you, Caleb? You'll be done at um, 31. 
Yeah, <laughs> 31. I don't know. Like, like, I, like, like I said before, like I love winning. So I think when I, after I maybe, if I have a few consecutive seasons of no wins, then I might lose motivation. But I hope... You're not going to have a Cav story because you're not going to have three years in the wilderness <laughs> trying to win. See, like... And if he does, you won't see him again. Yeah. I think if that happens to me, like... See, Cav, like, is so passionate about the sport. Like, he loves cycling. Um, like, I think, like, when he retires, like, he just, he will stay involved and, like, he'll just... He'll ride, on the, he'll ride on the GCN motorbike of Wiggins, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, you'll see him doing stuff like that or managing a team. Or, like, he'll always be involved. Um, whereas, uh, like, I would, uh, I've always said, like, I'd love to have, like, another career after cycling, like experience something different. Um, and like, we're lucky as athletes that, you know, you retire at, I don't know, like 35 to the team between 35 and 40. Um, and you're still relatively, relatively young. So like you, you have time to, to experience a new career or do something else, but I haven't found anything at the moment that like, that I'm as passionate about, like as I am about cycling, but, um, I hope in the next few years, or like when I retire, that I have like something to, to look forward to, or you know, something to do that I that I am equally passionate about. Have you, Max, have you found that with like is the wine bars and whatnot? Is that that you think? Is that your post career? Yeah, hosp- I, I love hospo, um, and I love business owning. So it's a good combination. Do you it have keeps your mind. Yeah, I got, I got uh, two. Well, I got a second one. A top notch wine bar too, oh, nice. Caleb. When you're in Melbourne, hello. Hell yeah, I'm gonna come visit. When are you coming to Melbourne? When I? Yeah. Well, if you invite me down to one of the wine bars, I can down there. Never. <laughs> is the is the Cadell Road Race something that you'll ever think about doing again? Yeah, I still want to win that. Been quite close a few times, but. Um, there we go. We could we could partner up around then. Well, I'll come because I have to come down and see Jason anyway. So, where where are the wine bars? They're not in Geelong, are they? No, nah, they're in uh, Hawthorne, Alex Clements territory. Nice. Is Alex a regular or you a regular yeah, Alex? Uh, I haven't been as regular since we stopped um, stopped because we, we're doing podcasts there for a while. Oh, um, haven't been as regular of late. Been trying to get, trying to drag Campbell there for a while, but we'll get there one day. Work keep chipping away at him. Better let you We're better let you your house maintenance. Better let Max go eat some dinner and recover. Thanks for your time, Caleb. Um, really appreciate it. Thanks, no Max. Thanks, Cambo. It's good to chat. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, good everyone. To chat. Always. Yeah.